talk to me. Information, news, and entertainment on demand. Welcome to the Mary Goulet Show, cultivating a rich interior. Now, here's Mary. Welcome to the program. Yes, Mary Goulet, your host of Cultivating a Rich Interior. And every now and then I bring on a fabulous guest that will give you tools, tips, tricks, and strategies to develop more resilience. Um, There's just a lot of stuff in life that we have to deal with and with other people. It's just life. So today my guest is Paula Shaw. She's a life transitions therapist and grief specialist. She's also the author, a best-selling author and keynote speaker and talk show host of her own show, Change It Up with Paula Shaw on The Answer, AM 1170 and FM 96.1 here in San Diego. Welcome, Paula. Thank you, Mary. It's so delightful to be here with you. Yes, and I will say Change It Up is a great show. I was on your show. Thank you for that. That you was were, awesome. And it was a wonderful show that you did with us. I'm in love with your book and I use it all the time. The oh, go with your gut stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Um, just to that point, a shameless plug, I'm doing an mm-hmm. online course for go with your gut. Oh, good it's for gonna you. It's going to probably be like a five module course that's going to be offered online. I'm hoping to launch that in January 2019 because time flies fast. We got to work faster. That's very true. Very true. I just launched one with my new book and it all came together like in two two weeks. So which book are you talking about? The saying the right thing when you don't know what to say. I know. And I see the pretty cover of the proof. Yes. Saying the right thing when you don't know what to say. Mm hmm. This is my passion project, really. Is it really? Yeah, because, you know, I've been working with people going through life transitions, grief and loss and and all of that for over 27 years. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, nobody called, nobody came by. Oh, geez. I felt totally alone and unsupported. And I know the reason why they didn't. They didn't because they don't know what to say and they don't know what to do and they're scared to death. They might say the wrong thing and make things worse for the person who's already in pain. So I started out by – I have a – in fact, I have a free gift on my website, paulashaw.com, that's called 20 Things to Say and Not to Say to People in Pain. And there's just lists there. These things are helpful. This is okay to say. Do not say this. You know, and, and I started out with that, and, and people found that really helpful. And then uh, I just sort of built it out because I started looking at more and more pieces of that puzzle of why don't we know what to say? Why is it such a painful, difficult thing for us? And I just kind of went from there. Well, and here's another thing I'm curious about. Yes, if we read the list of what to say, yeah, this is okay to say, but absolutely don't say that. Mm-hmm. There's still the element of discomfort that we're just like, we don't like to walk into messy situations. That's right. We're uncomfortable with our own past mm-hmm. or fearing what if what happened to them would happen to me. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so we're like, la, 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 I'm in denial. I'm going to avoid that. It's so true. It's totally true. And I think, you know, when you're with somebody who's hurting or broken, 
it occurs to you on a very deep level, whoa, any minute, my whole life could go upside down and that could be me. There but for the grace of God. Absolutely. And you're totally right. So people are afraid of what that person represents. And so they don't show up. And they're afraid if that person's already broken or fragile that they could make it worse. Well, and also, if the person is strong, takes your list of go ahead and say these things, Mm -hmm. one, shut up after that, right? Amen. Shut up. I and think you must have co- psychically co-wrote this book with me. <laughs> no. no, just been through all of these types of ah. things. And you learn as you go. But if you have, like, somebody give you a cheat sheet as mm-hmm. you're walking in, um, I think we move our lips when we're uncomfortable. Yes. Instead of sitting back and letting the other person do an emotional dump mm-hmm. or just cry. What is it? Ever since I was little, tears were were the setting that made things uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see mom cry. Oh, absolutely. Because you're like, wait, she's my rock. Why is she crying? <clears throat> right. And then seeing a guy cry. Mm-hmm. Not I, okay in our society. But the ones that you do see tear up, and mm-hmm. I've got these two lovely co-hosts on Reinvention Radio that... Richard's a softie, and you know it's we've got a good segment when he starts to tear up because uh-huh. <laughs> we're getting to the heart of things. That's right. That's we're really touching, true. and it's more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I did, I think that when you're out in the corporate world, which I've not been since I was 26, mm-hmm. so I'm moving amongst the people, and it's easier to be more authentic. Yeah. But if you're in a corporate world, I don't know if that's part of your clientele. They have to be guarded. Yeah. They have to be tactical, strategic. Oh, so true. And men and women, mm-hmm. but truly underneath the suit and their title mm-hmm. is a human being. And I always say within a room of 10 people, nine of them are going through something unpleasant, fearful. Uh, they're struggling financially, emotionally. It could be a relationship, could be. They lost a commission they didn't anticipate losing. There's So we have to be more compassionate. Amen. That's really the whole purpose of this book. And may I say, those lists that I give people are suggestions. You know, it's not like you absolutely should say this and you shouldn't say that. But what I wanted to do is open people's awareness of the kinds of things that are helpful, the kinds of things that are not. But I, I begin this book called Saying the Right Thing by saying – What you say doesn't really matter nearly as much as what you don't say when you sit quietly and you're listening. Because the truth is, as you were just pointing out, when we really are listening, when we're really present and we're listening, we're tuned in to what that other person is feeling so much better. And then the right thing to say will come to us naturally. Well, and to your point of really being present in the listening, mm-hmm. I've learned it to be like active listening, where you're not thinking of the response while you're hearing what they say. Yes. And also their body language, they may fidget, they may look to the right, to the left, far off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Just Hold a space for them? Yes. Totally. So can you give us an example of a few things 
probably on a generic level of what to say to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, For example, yesterday I had a new client who had lost her dog, and that dog was truly her best friend. He went everywhere with her. And so as she was sitting and crying and talking about him, I said, I don't know exactly how you feel. And it's important to say that because when people say, oh, I know how you feel, the first thing that comes up in the sad person is, no, you don't. Mine's different. Mine's deeper. That's right. And and how do you know what I feel? And so you don't want to put a person into a position of being defensive or even angered by what you say. So you want to honor who they are. So I often say, I mean, I'm a a therapist that works with people all the time who are grieving or dealing with loss. And sometimes I just have to look at them and say, I can't imagine how difficult this must be. Or I don't know exactly what you're feeling. I had something kind of similar happen once and I I know I was terrified. Or I know I was really sad and, and discouraged. So if you throw that out, then they can either affirm and say, yeah, that's what I feel too. And hopefully that will encourage them to talk more and explore their feelings more. Right. When you say I know how you feel, that means that that person's not unique in their heartache and it diminishes their feelings in the present moment. But when you say I don't know exactly how you feel, I can imagine that validates them and get, yes. opens the door for them to say, yeah, this part of it really crushed me or yes. do you know what I mean? And then then you're kind of in sync with them and there it creates more of a safety bond. Mm-hmm. Ah, you couldn't have said that better. That is so absolutely on because I, when you say I know how you feel, it kind of trivializes their exactly. experience. That's a better word. Mm. And, and then – I feel like, oh, oh, she knows how I feel. Well, I'm not going to explain to her that. Then you feel foolish. Right. You know, in the book, I, I talk about five steps that I think are really important to having a helpful healing conversation. So the first step is set an intention within yourself before you go into the conversation. So maybe you're going to set an intention like, you know, my intention is – that I will just be a great listener and, and that this will be a healing experience for them. Or my intention is to really be present so that I can understand what they're feeling. So you do that first. Secondly, you got to be present. Body and mind have to be in the same place. You don't want to be thinking about the fight you had with your mate last night or you know the shopping list you got to put together when you're done. You need to be present because people who are in emotional pain have radar for when you're they, not really there. You're right. Because <laughs> I've felt that when I feel I'm safe to say something that's painful or mm-hmm. I'm suffering from something and I'm sitting down with someone and they're with me. You can literally feel their energy float away from them. Mm-hmm. And then I would stop talking and they wouldn't come back. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because Do you know what I'm describing? really there. Yeah. 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 And that is such a turnoff for a person who's trying to emote, trying to spill their guts about something that's hard to say. If you don't really feel like somebody's listening to you, 
there is no incentive to go on. And that's double down on the hurt. Yep. Oh, well put. Right? Yes. Thanks a lot, dude, for bringing me to the precipice of feeling vulnerable. Yeah. And then you bailed on me. Exactly. Oh, perfectly put. So the third step is to have a mindset of being comforting and supporting, but not judgmental. You never want to judge, advise, or criticize. And people so often, especially, I hate to say this, guys, because we love you, but you're solution-oriented. Oh, yeah. So often, you know, guys are coming up with a solution before you've really had a chance to emote and talk about the feelings that you're having. So we need to hold off. We need to not be judging and try and just come from this neutral place of creating a safe place for them to emote. And then... The fourth step is what we were discussing. Listen with the intent to hear, not with the intent to respond. Because if you're busy thinking about the cool, wise thing you're going to say now, you're not with them. You're not really hearing. Well, and then you're you're positioning yourself as the hero. Exactly. I'm going to fix this. Exactly. I'm going to say something so wise, oh, like you just said. So true. That's going to make them feel better, and you can pat mm-hmm. yourself on the back. And mm-hmm. I want to go back to the guy thing. Let me just tell you the last okay, go step. Ahead. Then, then, we'll, then we'll go back. The um, the that's okay. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? It'll be just at this moment. My daughter would be calling. <laughs> that's okay. I'm so sorry. I forgot to turn this off. All right, here we go. So the fifth one? The fifth step is when it's appropriate to respond. Respond from the heart, not the head. That'll be a natural segue with to the guy thing because guys and tend to – and masculine energy is more intellectual. Feminine energy is more the feeling energy. In a situation like this when somebody's hurting, they need your humanity, not your database – but we all think when we sit down with somebody who's hurting, we have to help them, right? Because we're uncomfortable and we want it to go away. So we want to fix it and everybody's yeah. all happy again. Yeah. <laughs> you right? said it. It's so true. But the truth is the answers are within the person that's in pain. Yeah. And usually, especially we women, we come to those answers when we've had a chance to process the feelings and explore what's going on with us. That's why if somebody jumps to solution too fast, it really sort of cuts us off in the middle of what we really need to do. Okay, so a man who might have more female energy, mm-hmm. um, he's so he's just can emote a little bit better. But yep. the guy that doesn't, right? Is it possible, or does it take longer to get him into a place of? vulnerability that he can sincerely express how he feels or does he really want you to make him feel better and give him a solution yeah that's a oh you're talking about if he's the one in pain yes i see what you're saying no because he's still a human being and he's still in pain and when we're in an emotional place we're all into that right brain And the right brain is more the feminine energy. So, yeah, even the macho guy needs to be heard from the heart and needs to be responded to from the heart because he's in the middle of an emotional experience. 
I know. They don't present themselves that way. They don't. And then when you see one, then Mama Bear comes out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And we want to help. Oh, yes. So here's the other question I had. You said not to judge, Mm -hmm. criticize. Or advise. Or advise. I understand uh, no unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. That one, okay, that seems. But how, what would judging sound like? Or criticizing sound like for someone who's in pain, what are we unknowingly saying? Well, one of the things I also talk about in the book is that there are many things that influence how we think and behave and how we feel in response. So some of the things that influence us are like uh, our family values, family experiences, societal norms. So let's say you grew up in a stiff upper lip family where nobody cried and made a big deal about things. And now you're sitting in the presence of somebody who's wailing and carrying on and being very dramatic in their pain. It's hard not to... Dude, buckle up here. Come on. (laughs) I think I'd fail. (laughs) That's called judgment. (laughs) Okay. That's funny. And then that will make them feel embarrassed. Exactly. And you or don't want... it will make you not very receptive. Sure. Because you're busy going, whoa, what on earth is happening here? This isn't appropriate. You know, it's like it's a societal norm. Think about it. How many funerals have you ever been to where somebody wailed and carried on loudly? No, it's more of our societal norm to cry, but cry quietly. Yes, it is. And so if somebody is a wailer, or let's say they come from another culture where wailing is part of grief, then it's hard not to sit in judgment of that. So there's there's all these factors, your peer expectations, your personal experiences, all these things influence what kind of a listener and what kind of a helper you are. And then on top of that, there are three major things that influence how we feel and how we respond to life. And the first one is um, our experiences and maybe traumas that we've had in, in our own personal life. The second one is the limiting subconscious beliefs that we all have and pretty much don't know that we have. So, mm-hmm. for example, if if I have a limiting belief that I don't deserve for somebody to nurture me and comfort me when I'm hurting, I'm really not going to be able to do that very well for somebody else because I I have this belief. And I don't even know I have this belief, but for some reason I feel so uncomfortable when that person wants nurturing and comforting. So that's one of the things I do in my private practice is I work with people to find what those limiting beliefs are and clear them so we can come from a more neutral place. But the third, the third influencer is hot off the press from the field of epigenetics, and this is huge. And this is that we don't just inherit our eye color, hair color, skin color, and all of that from our ancestors and our, through our genetics. We inherit the genetic signatures of how they responded to life. Oh, crap. <laughs> what the heck? That's a hot mess. Now what do we do with that knowledge? Amen, sister. You know, like I, I was sitting with a person of Irish ancestry recently, 
Well, we know the Irish have lived through famine, through war, through, you know, all kinds of difficult things. And and it rains all the time. And it rains all the time. <laughs> yeah, that'll depress you. And a lot of uh, Irish people, they have a kind of a, well, let's look on the bright side and let's have a beer together. So you inherit those genetic signatures of responding that way. I had a woman in my office, and she was a Jewish woman. By all uh, appearances, she should have been the happiest person on the planet. Had the great husband, finances were great, lived in a beautiful home. But she would have these bouts of paralyzing depression, and she couldn't figure out why. And in the middle of the session, I started explaining this th- this concept to her about the genetic signatures that we inherit. And she bursts into tears and says to me, I worry about the Holocaust happening again every day. Wow. Now, she didn't live through that. You know, she's too young. But the genetic signatures had been passed through the lineage to her. Okay, so here's another one. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if I'm on the right track. Okay. The depression. Oh, yes. People's grandparents or one generation back, no, probably have to be grandparents, who went through the depression. Mm -hmm. Today, a person could be having in the back of their mind, I always have to have a stash of pencils in case the economy tanks and I got to sell them on the corner. Exactly. Absolutely. You just dialed right in on it. And I'll have people that come to see me all the time that'll go, I don't know why I'm worried about this. Or I don't know why, you know, I I make money and then I lose it. I make money, I lose it. And then I ask them a little bit about their history. And sure enough, their father had a history like that. Or their grandfather did stand on the corner and have to sell pencils during the Depression. So do you think, since that is in our DNA or epigenetics, okay, Mm -hmm. um, we attract... One of our parents as our partner in life. <laughs> oh, most definitely. And then we also, the other parent, we either take on their traits or we combine the two. Because mm-hmm. I can see in me the optimism of total everything's possible mm-hmm. and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That was my dad. Ah, uh, interesting. My mom would stay home with the kids, have a part-time job when we got a little older Mm -hmm. and i don't think she managed well the entrepreneurial Mm. you know booms and setbacks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i attract my mom's energy into my life and my my mates Mm -hmm. not funny is that an example it's a perfect example and it makes total sense because we always are attracted to a vibration that's familiar Sometimes that's not a good thing. Right. Because let's say your dad was an alcoholic. You might tend to be attracted to guys who have more of that vibration, the instability, or maybe he was a very congenial, you know, um, what's that word when somebody's really attractive? Uh, Oh, I can't. Charismatic. Charismatic. Thank you. Yeah, you might be a really charismatic guy, but under the surface, oh dear, there's that drinking issue. Yeah. Because it's familiar to you. You know, your your energetic vibration knows how to handle that energetic vibration. So how do you change that? If you even have the awareness, but how do you go through and change your energy? It's not 
just a mental process. It's right. got to be it an energetic or. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what we do in the field of energy psychology. We don't just talk about issues and, and raise awareness. We then go in and intervene on the energy system because this is actually living as energetic signatures within you. And you can neutralize those or kind of flatline them and then that attraction to that won't be there anymore. Yeah, because I think we have strong wills and we have technology that can take us further faster than our parents. Mm -hmm. But if we have that fight, that internal fight, that could explain a lot of the frustration of two steps forward, one step sideways. Exactly. Exactly. And what we call self-sabotaging behavior. But it's not really our false self. No. But it is our self-sabotage. It is. Exactly. So where can someone go to find more info about what you do with this and how do you help people? PaulaShaw.com is my website or call 626-864-0756. She's the real deal, guys. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Mary Goulet Show. Go out there and get the book saying the right thing when you don't know what to say. We'll be back on the Mary Goulet Show. Thank you, Mary. I've been bragging about Progressive Medical Center to you guys for years, and I'm so excited to have Dr. Agoli with us because, Dr. Agoli, a lot of people walk through your doors, and some of their biggest problems are they're just fatigued, they're tired all the time, and even though they're dieting and exercising, they cannot get the weight off. Why is that? It's a combination of poor metabolism, inappropriate eating, but, but more importantly, it's due to a lack of education and really doing the right testing. A lot of our patients are metabolically compromised. What does that mean? Their metabolism is not functioning. The metabolism is responsible for all physical and chemical processes necessary to sustain life and that includes energy and without cellular energy your body is not going to be a burning machine let's get back and teach our listeners to be a fat burning machine it's been a lot easier to maintain my weight since progressive medical center started treating me with all natural supplements learning proper nutrition and that can be you today no more frustrations about being tired or overweight so why don't you get a hold of progressive medical center today through progressivemedicalcenter.com this is your life live it well Has your business been appified? Are you tired of doing marketing that doesn't deliver results? Mobile apps build loyalty and quality retention. Your app from UPG Mobile puts your business on their mind and at their fingertips. UPG Mobile will give you a custom app highlighting how you are unique, targeting your message, and improving your open rates. Appify your business and amplify your presence with your customers at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. As a direct sales leader, you know you need a wide range of skills. You also need to pass those skills along to your team because growing other leaders is the key to growing your organization and your income. Team Connections will provide you with the leadership training you need to make it happen by joining our first Friday call each month. But you don't have to take our word for it. You can try First Friday absolutely free by joining us for a special free preview call on August 24th. For more information, visit Team Connections on Facebook or visit our website at www.teamconnections.org first Friday. 
No family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, direct sales radio. The Cash Flow Show, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. This is Bill Gruber with BizVid Communications, a Southern California video production leader. We've been honored to sponsor, produce, write, and host many of the fine programs on WS Radio over the years. So we understand how important the internet and your website exposure are. As video producers, we know the tricks and secrets to incorporate video to increase your search engine optimization and business success. Visit bizvidcommunications.com to see what we can do for you. B-I-Z-V-I-D communications.com. 